Hello and welcome to another episode of Train Talk. Now, welcome back. Today's episode is going to be minorly different. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this week has uh, unfortunately has a terrible crash in the north of Scotland. This rail, I don't know if it's being called a rail disaster yet, um, involved three deaths, unfortunately, the driver, the guard, and then a passenger, and then a further um, group of people were injured as well, some seriously injured and others minorly uh, and lucky to escape. Now we'll go through this a little bit more in depth uh, in the news section of the episode, but first I'd like to say that I don't think, well, I've decided not to include an interview in this episode, and I think that in commemoration mainly of the crash, um, we're going to run through just a little bit of the history of the Class 43s. Now, this is in no way any disrespect by just talking about the trains, obviously the, you know, the, the main thoughts go out to all those uh, that have been injured and then the families of those that have unfortunately passed away. Um, that is of course where our main thoughts are, are lying. Um, but it's, I think it, it's not a good opportunity but it is a better opportunity than any other to have a bit of, have a deeper look into the backgrounds of the Class 43 engine which undoubtedly is one of the best classes of trains to exist on British railways. So, as always, we will start off with the news, um, go run through the headlines, go into the news, and then what I'll do is, I think I'll start to just run through a brief history of the Class 43, and then just some facts about them, where they are currently housed, all the different, um, you know, from, from the start of, of the 43 line to the end, um, and see where they operate, which numbers uh, operate where those kind of things um, and hopefully it's an enjoyable episode to listen to especially uh, if you are a class 43 fan to those of you that are maybe steam fans it may not be such an interesting episode but uh, I hope you understand that this is hopefully going a little bit towards um, at least one of these powerhouses um, powerhouses that uh, will not be able to be used uh, anymore I also think I should mention that um, yes I know that generally people call them power cars or or just just engines, but uh, you can also call them powerhouses if if, if you're uh, wanting to contest that. <laughs> the headlines: A multi-million pound accessibility upgrade has been complete at Tring Station. Three have been found dead in the derailment near Aberdeen. And the Stonehaven derailment has triggered nationwide earthwork checks. Okay, doke. Right, let's start off with a little bit of a brighter story um, than what we're about to move on to. So, the multi-million pound accessibility upgrade has been complete at Tring Station. So, Network Rail has announced that they have completed the upgrade of Tring Station in Hertfordshire uh, to improve its accessibility for passengers. The upgrade to improve accessibility started last year and was part of the Department for Transport's Access for All upgrade plan and involved fitting new lifts, ramps and a new footbridge to Tring Station, providing step-free access to all five platforms. 
James Dean, director for Network Rail's West Coast Mainline South Route, said that the new lifts, ramps and footbridge at Trink Station will be a game changer for passengers and the local community. Delivering this project has been tough, with the pandemic changing how we work and it's thanks to the hard work of our engineers and the, pa- and the partners that we can now have step-free access to the platforms for those who need it. Chris Heaton-Harris, MP for Daventry, apologies if I said that wrong, and Rail Minister, said that as we gradually welcome more passengers back onto trains, we are pressing ahead with our ambition to make the railway accessible for everyone who uses it. The new lifts, ramps and footbridge at Tring are just one example of how our Access for All investment is delivering on that commitment, providing easier, more accessible rail journeys for passengers. Gagan Mohindra, um, MP for South West Hertfordshire, said that I am delighted to see that the Department for Transport's Access for All programmes budget has been used to provide step-free access to all platforms at Tring Station. Travelling to and from the beautiful town of Tring, one of the gems of southwest Hertfordshire has never been so easy. I hope as many people as possible take advantage of the new facilities. Lawrence Bowman, uh, Customer Experience Director from London Northwestern Railway, said that making sure the railway is accessible for all is a key priority. And I am delighted that these superb new facilities will benefit our customers at Tring for many years to come. Passengers at Trink can also look forward to the introduction of brand new electric trains on the West Coast Main Line as part of our £1 billion investment into the rail network. Okay, do right, the next story um, is one that I've already discussed a little bit, and it's, uh, well, three people have unfortunately died in a derailment near Aberdeen earlier this week. Three people were killed in the derailment near Stonehaven in north-east Scotland yesterday morning. Uh, and I say yesterday morning, sorry, that will be two mornings ago now. Um, and six others have been taken to hospital with mainly minor injuries. The Scotwell driver and conductor were among the three fatalities. The train affected was an early morning service from Aberdeen to Glasgow Queen Street, worked by an HST with four passenger coaches. Fire broke out in the leading power car after it had plunged down an embankment. It was thought that the late-running 638 uh, Aberdeen to Glasgow Queen Street service had been halted by flooding on the track and had been given authority to work wrong line so that it could continue south on the parallel unflooded line. It was then that it either collided with the debris from a landslide or encountered subsidence caused by a landslip affecting the embankment below. However, Transport uh, Scottish Transport Minister Michael Matheson was later reported to have said that the derailment happened as a train driver was heading north, trying to return to Aberdeen. Network Rail Scotland tweeted that at 9.49 it had received reports of a landslip at Carment, the site of the accident. It has also posted uh, a video showing flooded tracks in the area. Emergency services had also been called, uh, already been called at 9.43. Heavy rain had swept across Scotland overnight, causing widespread disruption to rail services elsewhere, as well as flooding in the centre of the nearby town of Stonehaven, where the River Carron bursts its banks. There was a major response from emergency services with many ambulances, including at least one air ambulance called to the scene, with additional assistance from Aberdeen Coast Guard in a multi-agency response. The driver and conductor who lost their lives have been named locally as Brett McCulloch and Donald Denny. 
the accident has brought to an end uh, to an end a record 13 years during which no passenger has died in a British train accident. The last fatality, also after derailment, occurred in February 2007. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said that there had been an extremely serious incident uh, and that her thoughts are with all those involved. The RMT said it was working to support its members. Uh, Senior Assistant General Secretary Mike Mick Lynch uh, said that RMT is aware of the major incident at Stonehaven and our reps are liaising directly at senior level with both ScotRail and Network Rail. Our priority at this time is to support our members, their colleagues and their families and to do all that we can to assist the rescue operation which RMT members are currently involved in. The facts behind this incident will need to be established in due course, but at this stage we are focused on support and assistance and our thoughts are with all those that were impacted by this tragedy. National Rail Inquiries uh, is reporting that all services had been cancelled between Dundee and Aberdeen. For those of you interested in a a little bit more of a background um, of the 2007 crash on the 23rd of February 2007, a Virgin West Coast train from London Houston to Glasgow Central became derailed at points at Lambrig near Greyrig in Cumbria whilst travelling at the authorised speed of 95 miles per hour. The nine-car Pendolino Class 390 uh, was completely derailed and fell down the embankment. There were at least 105 passengers and four crew on board. One passenger was fatally injured, 28 passengers, the driver and one other crew member were seriously injured, and 59 passengers received minor injuries. Um, I must say that I do apologise if I sound a little... I don't know what what it would sound like, maybe tired or bored or something when I'm reading these. It's not that. Um, it's just a sad thing to be reading. And when you're, you know, relaying this information to so many people, um, our listeners, I, I, I need to make sure that I, I'm doing it properly and, and effectively. I don't want to be doing this in a way that will at all come across as offensive in any way. You know, obviously this is a terrible thing that has happened. And um, I don't get any enjoyment, of course, out of reading it. Um, so it is just really about just getting the news to you and, and the facts. Um, there are no opinions here that need to be shared, of course. There, are, there just are no possible opinions that, that could be shared. I mean, looking at some of the disgusting comments on some of these um, news stories are, you know, people bringing politics into it, which is just ridiculous. Um, I think at times like these everyone really just needs to think about what's really happened here how it could have been helped and in a situation like this where it seems that there really weren't any ways it could have been helped just mainly um showing remorse and 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 help towards towards families that have been involved okay so finally i'm gonna just move on to how it's been said that uh the stonehaven derailment has triggered national nationwide anyway uh earthwork checks uh, Network Rail is launching a series of nationwide checks on higher risk earthworks in the wake of the derailment near Stonehaven, in which three people lost their lives and six were injured. The checks on embankments and cutting walls will be carried out by Network Rail's own engineers, supported by specialists, contractors and helicopter surveys. The government has asked Network Rail to review its res- resilience and management of extreme weather. 
The direct cause of this disaster has not been yet confirmed, but it may have been a landslip following heavy rain. However, if so, it is not clear whether the line was blocked by debris from above or distorted by a subsiding embankment below. Network Rail has said that its extreme weather action teams have been mobilised and that any lessons from the accident site will be taken into account straight away. In related moves, engineers are reviewing uh, remote monitoring of high-risk sites and meteorologists are being consulted to see if real-time information about flash floods can be improved. So that's the news over. Now, it's been a bleak week. Uh, news but if we can just put that behind us just for a little bit um, let's run through a brief history of the class 43 so the British Rail class 43 HST is the tops classification used for the intercity 125 high speed train formerly classes 253 and 254 these power cars built by British Rail Engineering Limited from 1975 to 1982 and in service in the UK since 1976. The class is officially the fastest diesel locomotive in the world with an absolute maximum speed of 148 miles per hour which is 238 kilometers per hour and a regular service speed of 125 miles per hour hence Intercity 125. The record run was led by 43.102 and trailed by 43.159 which I can happily say I have been driven by. So some history and background first. In the early 1970s, the British Railways Board made the decision to replace its mainline diesel traction. Financial limitations to that were so tight that uh, mass electrification was not possible. As a result, a new generation of high-speed diesel trains had to be developed. Experience with the high-speed Class 55 Deltic locomotives had shown that a low axle weight was essential to avoid damage to the track at sustained high speeds, and that high-speed engines were the only way to provide a good enough power-to-weight ratio for diesels. To power the HST at up to 125 mph, each power car had a new diesel engine, the 12-cylinder Paxman Valenta, which ran at 1,500 rpm and developed 2,250 brake horsepower. The 70 tonne weight of the power car gave it a 17.5 tonne per axle load. Some stats here, um, the power car is obviously diesel electric um, and its builder British Rail Engineering Limited crew works. Built date from 1975 to 1982. In total there were 197 power cars produced. Um, its UIC is Bubu or Bobo, Commonwealth Bobo, gauge 1435mm or f- 4 foot and 8.5 inches, standard gauge. Its bogies had a BP10 and a wheel diameter of 3 feet and 4 inches, uh, which is 1.016 metres. It has a length of 17.79 metres or 58.4 feet, a width of 2.74 metres or 9 foot. Um, and a local weight, a local weight of 70, 70.25 tons, or set, or 69.14 long tons, or if you want to do it in short tons, which I don't imagine anyone's doing nowadays, is 77.44 short tons. At a fuel capacity of 990 amp gals, with 4,500 liters, 
and that's 1,190 US gallons. Its prime mover was Paxman with a 12VP185 or a MTU of 16 volts and 4000R41R. Now, yeah, these are all quite intricate stats, um, but if we're going to move on to something that people know a little bit more about, it's performance figures. Maximum speed of 125 miles per hour uh, in service, a record of 148 miles per hour. Its power output uh, is 2,258 horsepower, um, and at rail, 1,320 kilowatts. Attractive effort of 17,980 pounds. Okay. I'd like to talk a little bit now about the development and design. So the prototype, um, the British Rail Class 41 HST, uh, the prototype was set developed at the Railway Technical Centre in Derby. The power cars have be, having been constructed by British Rail Engineering Limited, um, BREL Crew Works, and the British Rail Mark III passenger cars by BREL's uh, Derby. Litchurch uh, Lane Works. The engine used in the prototype power car was the Paxman Valenta 12RP 200 litres, which provided 2,250 horsepower and 1,680 kilowatts. The electrical equipment was supplied by Brush, and the power cars had a main driver's position at one aerodynamically shaped end, with the other flat and gangwayed and having only an auxiliary driving position for shunting purposes. The two prototype power cars emerged from the works in June and August 1972 and were initially numbered 41001 and 41002, but after a short period the entire set, including the passenger coaches, became reclassified as a, as a diesel-electric multiple unit, British Rail Class 252. The power cars were given the coaching stock numbers 4300, sorry, 43000 and 4301. After proving trials on the eastern region, the prototype high-speed diesel train HSDT was transferred to the western region, where it was deployed on Paddington Bristol Western Super Mare services. In May 2011, the National Railway Museum announced that the remaining HST prototype car 41001 would undergo full restoration work. A long-term loan was agreed between the NRM and the 125 Group of Volunteers for the Locomotive and a Paxman Valenta RP 200-litre engine. The replacement engine, number S508, was acquired as the original Valenta engine, number S183, which had been sectioned for display purposes. The S508 engine was lifted into the locomotive at N at sorry Neville Hill Neville Hill TMD on the 29th of June 2012. The loan agreement ended in November 2019. 41001 returned to the NRM. In order to facilitate a mainline move, the 4341 prototype. Class HST power car 41001 was re-registered as a Class 439 locomotive with the number 43000. It is the only locomotive in this subclass. Now the production series, the design was successful and led to production orders being placed for similar trains for the Western, Eastern, Scottish and London Midland regions. The production power cars featured a redesigned front without conventional buffers 
although a rigid drawbar can be used to connect an HST to an ordinary locomotive. Following the introduction of production HST sets, the prototype unit was withdrawn, the power cars passing to the research div division at Derby. Of the 10 prototype coaches, two were adapted for use in the Royal Train, and five were modified for use with the production HSTs, and three were transferred to the departmental, departmental uh, stock. The 197 power cars produced uh, are numbered 43002 to 43198. 43001 was applied to the second of the two prototype uh, power cars, whilst the first of the pair, now preserved and operational at the Great Western Central Railway, Nottingham, became 43000. Or 43000, if you, if, if you'd rather call it that, which is unusual because the BR tops, classification numbered, um, its locomotive from 001 upwards. This is because it was not at the time classified as a locomotive. The buffered units um, in 1987, and as, as electrification of the East Coast Main Line was underway, British Rail realised that the new Mark IV carriages for the Class 89 and Class 91 locomotives were not going to be finished in time for the introduction of electrical services on the East Coast Main Line. So in, the late, 19 in late 1987, a total of eight Eastern Region power cars numbered 43013, 014, 065, 067, 068, 080, 084, and o, sorry, and 123. Conversions on 43014 and 123 were carried out at the Derby Engineering Development Unit. Whilst the other six, 43013, 065, 067, 068, 080, and 084, were converted by the diesel repair shop at Stratford to have the lower valancing removed and buffers fitted. Um, after being fitted with buffers, these power cars began work as surrogate DVTs to work with the Class 91 and 89. The locomotives working with the conventional Mark III stock worked on the line between 1987 and 1991 when the last Class 91 locomotives entered service as well as buffers being fitted to these power cars. Special remote control equipment was also added to the locomotives so that they could be controlled by the locomotive at the front. Once these locomotives left DVT duties, the remote equipment was removed. After privatisation, um, sorry I've said that completely wrong, Privatisation, um, these power cars joined the Virgin Trains fleet, working both Virgin Cross Country and Virgin Trains West Coast routes, where they dispatched local hold, uh, local hold stock. All the units were repainted from their original intercity colours to the Virgin Red livery. Later, Virgin Trains withdrew the HSTs when new class 220 and 221 units were delivered and nearly all of these power cars went into storage at Long Marston. After years of storage, several of the power cars were bought by, uh, bought by Midland Mainline to be part of the Project Rio special services running from London St Pancras to M Manchester. While major engineering works were undertaken on the West Coast Mainline, these units were kept in the debranded Virgin Trains livery throughout their time with Midland whilst major engineering works were taking place. These units uh, were kept on the main line and put back into storage once Project Rio had finished in 2006. 43013 and 43014 joined Network Rail's new measurement train in 2003 and have continued to work with this service ever since. 
Both of these units have now had MTU engines fitted. 43080 was leased to GNER as a one-off power car working as a spare unit that could be easily called for if in HST failed. For most of the time, GNER it was based at Craig and Tinney Yard in Edinburgh and was painted in GNER colours. This locomotive's lease ended in 2006 and it was returned to storage at Long Marsden. In 2007, Grand Central took an interest in the stored power cars and amalgamated them into its fleet of three HST sets. In total, 43065, 067, 068, 080, 084 and 123 were bought by the company and now run HST services between Sunderland and London King's Cross. HST's 43084 and 43123 were the final Operation Paxman Valenta power cars being re-engineered in 2010 with the MTU treatment. Whilst all of the working, uh, whilst all of the works being re-engined, Grand Central added the orange strip uh, that appears on its Class 180 units. Uh, repainted uh, the front ends, making them look more like non-buffered HSTs, and renumbered the power cars into the 400s. These are the numbers that they held. 43465, 065, 467, 067, 438, 068, 480, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, 084, these four engine locomotives have since been re-engineered with the MTU 16 volt 4000 engines with the 43167 which is now 43367 and operates with the London Northeastern Railway whilst 43168 and 43167 were also in service in the former Western Region area under Great Western Railways. Paxman began development of the Volenta's successor, the VP185, in 1987, and the, and the suggestion that British Rail participate in the trial of the new VP185 engine in the IC2125 was first mooted in 1991, and a formal agreement for the trial was signed in May 1993. A qualifying requirement for the trial was that the engine should undergo a British rail type test which was carried out between December 1993 and February 1994. The test involved completion of 3,000 cycles, each of 10 minute durations, with 4 minutes at the maximum power of 2,611 kilowatts, and 6 minutes at idle, simulating the typical on-off nature of the Intercity 125 duty. The test was much more than severe than was much more severe than operational duties, where the trains operate a maximum of around 1,678 kilowatts. The successful results of the test cleared the way for installation of the VP185 in the power car. Power car 43170 entered service on 22nd of September 1994, and 43170 was given the nameplate Edward Paxman. During the late 1990s, 25 HST power cars were re-engineered with Paxman 12VP185L. 
engines in order to improve fuel consumption and reduce emissions. The very last VP185 engine to be manufactured at Baxman's Colchester Works has developed from the factory on the 15th of September 2003 as part of a programme to convert 14 Midland mainline power cars to VP185 engines to supplement the four already converted during 1994 to 95. And this led to 43043, Today, though, there are no production power cars fitted with the Paxman Valenta engine, although the 125 Group have installed a Paxman Valenta in their surviving prototype car, uh, 41011. Formerly, uh, sorry, that's 41001, formerly 43000. Now, I understand I am messing up a little bit here when reading through these facts. There's a lot to go through. Um, and yes, it is quite intricate numbers and numbers that I will... Uh, stumble up across but if I say something wrong I will make sure to go back and make sure I get it right because I know that a lot of you will be interested in this um, the diesel battery hybrid trial in 2007 uh, the brush traction and Hitachi equipped Paxman Valenta Power uh, 43089 and a semi-permanently coupled Mark III coach with a diesel battery hybrid power system for experimental trials the power car was named Hayabusa Hayabusa is Japanese for Peregrine Falcon uh, which project name was V-Train 2. It returned to normal service with Eastern Midlands trains. The life extension, the HST having been in operation since the late 1970s, is due for replacement by the HST Super Express or Class 800. The development cycle for the replacement series is such that the existing fleet may be required to operate through to 2020 or beyond. Uh, during 2005, two Class 43 power cars operated by First Great Western were fitted with new MTU V16 4000 engines before being tested in passenger operation on the Great Western mainline. Uh, mainline. Now, obviously, the Class 800s have overtaken on the LNER London Northeastern mainline, um, but on other services, they still remain. The operations of them when Crew Works built them, the Intercity 125 units were considered to be diesel multiple units and were allocated classes 253 and 254 for Western and Eastern region services respectively. Locomotives were introduced in the Midland region later. Until the HST's introduction, the maximum speed of British trains was limited to 100 miles per hour. The increased speed and rapid acceleration and deceleration of the HST made it ideal for passenger use and it slashed journey times across the country. The prototype Intercity 125 Power Cars 43000 and 43001 set the world record for diesel traction at 143 miles per hour on the 12th of June 1973. An HST also holds the world speed record for a diesel train carrying passengers. On the 27th of September 1985, a special press run for the launch of a new Tees Tyne Pullman service from Newcastle to London King's Cross formed a shortened 2 plus 5 set briefly touching 144 mph north of York. During 1987, the 8 HST power cars were converted for use as driving van trailers DVTs with, 90 cl with Class 91 locomotives during the trials on the East Coast Main Line. 
The power cars were fitted with buffers and time division multiplex equipment that allowed them to divide control at and Class 91, who were moved to the ECML, where they were used on workings with Class 89s and then Class 91s. After the Mark IV stock had been delivered, the HST power cars had the TDM equipment removed and then were reverted to their normal duties. The power cars used for this project can be easily identified as they were still fitted with buffers. They were then transferred to Virgin Cross Country and put in storage when Virgin replaced it with the HST fleet with Bombardier Voyagers through Arriva. Upon later taking over the franchise, acquired uh, 10 power cars, four of which were buffered. Grand Central brought six of these for services from Sunderland to London. The remaining two have been integrated into Network Rail's new measurement train, and this train is being replaced by IET Class 801 and Class 802 bimode trains. <sighs> okay, now I'm going to take a little bit of a relax now and uh, sit back and just enjoy this part. Um, so I'm going to go run through a little bit of a summary about the different liveries of the trains and who they operate for. Now, unfortunately, this is not a video, so I can't pop up some images of what the liveries look like, but I'm sure that a lot of you will know what they do look like. Um, so firstly, Abellio ScotRail. They own numbers 4303 through to 43185. Um, no, sorry, let me run through this actually properly. You can skip just a couple of minutes if you really want. So it's not there's not too many. So the... 43003, 43012, 43015, and 43018, although that's been used for spare parts as well as 43185, 43022, 43023026, 43023027, 43125-43164, 43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43163-43
uh, and also be known as the Castle Class sets. The Locomotive Services Limited owned three of these uh, Class 43s, former East Midlands Railway Power Cars. Network Rail also owned three, uh, used for the new measurement train. And off lease and stored, uh, there are 46 of these. Uh, the 31 former Great Western Power Cars, which have been stored at Long Marsden, Larry, and Ely. Um, 80, sorry, eight. Class 43s, all former London Northeastern Railway Power Cards were replaced by the Class 800-801-IETs uh, in December 2019. Renumbered into the 43-2XX and 43-3XX number range on installation of the MTU engines by adding 200 to their original number. And there was one preserved, now at the National Railway Museum, former Great Western Power Car um, in the old intercity livery and there have been three scrapped unfortunately um yeah so sir kenneth grange is at the national rail museum these are the named ones uh there's sir philly castle great western railways um the railway observer and mark cairn uh obe are both owned by network rail uh, do we have any other named ones? St. Catherine's Castle is owned by Great Western Railways. Trojena Castle by Great Western Railways. TBC Miller MBE and Neville Hill owned by East Midlands Railways. Um, Network Rail also owned John Armit. Um, East Midlands Railway own Nottingham Fire and Rescue Service, British Transport Police and Nottingham. Um, these are all named engines, by the way. Cromwell Castles, Cromwell's Castle... Old Oak Common HST Depot 1976 to 2018 and St. Moz Castle, all owned by Great Western Railways. Castle Drogo and Walton Castle, Great Western Railways. World Speed Record HST is East Midlands Railways. Oh, that's sad. I travelled on that when I was in LNER. Um, celebrating 40 years, East Midlands Railways. Dunster Castle, Great Western Railways. Valenta 1972 to 2010, East, Midlands, East Midlands Railways. Scotrail don't, don't don't own any named ones, I don't think. Chung Castle, Crompton Castle and Rogemont Castle are Great Western Railways. Kingsworth Castle is partially owned by Cross Country and Great Western Railways. How does that work? Hmm. Um, Chepstow Castle, Chepstow Castle uh, Great Western Railways, and I think we're coming towards the end. Taunton Castle, uh, Kimru, the Welshman... Newport Castle, Kimberley the Welshman, uh, Geraint Thompson, uh, and Lodgeston Castle, all Great Western Railways. Oh, right, so that's us. We're the Great Western Railways, um, East Midland Railways, Network Rail, and Cross Country named engines. That is, wow, that's a lot of named 43s that I didn't actually know about. Well, it's recently been the 40th anniversary um, on May 20, on the 2nd of May 2016. An open day was held at Bristol St. Phillips Marsh Depot with a lineup of Class 43s from each operator, except cross-country, to celebrate the HST's 40th anniversary. Several locomotives and passenger trains also appeared, such as the 150247 and 166214, both in their new GWR liveries. 158798 in its Springboard Oppor Opportunity Group livery and the prototype class 41 HST. 
At the event, power car 43002 numbered 253001 as a diesel multiple unit was unveiled in original Intercity 125 livery and named Sir Kenneth Grange after the Class 43's body shell designer. On the 2nd of October 2016, power car 43185 had been unveiled in the Intercity Swallow livery. Both were operated by the Great Western Railway's first Great Western and 43002 is now preserved. What a brilliant livery that Swallow livery is. Um, now there have been many accidents taking place um, with these with these 43s unfortunately. Um some major, some not so major. Uh, I don't really know whether it would be appropriate to run through these. Um, I think, right, yeah, we, we'll just run through them briefly. Uh, on the 28th of August 1979, power car 43110 derailed south of um, Northern Halen and no one seemed to be injured, luckily. Uh on the 16th of March 1986, power car 43118 received collision damage after running through a buffer stop and derailing whilst leaving Neville Hill TMD. On the 20th of August 2017, 43188 partially derailed on departure at Paddington whilst forming the rear power car uh, of the 1157 Great Western Service to Penzance. This was due to a track fault. On the 31st of December uh, 2017, 43195 hit a tree near Hemmerdon, Plymouth, uh, which was attached to the 43195 and towed it to Plymouth Station. On the 17th of April 2018, 43138 suffered damage due to an engine fire whilst at Penzance Station. On the 7th of April 2019, 43045-45 collided... Um, Sorry, caught fire at Leicester whilst working 1B53-1445 Nottingham to St Pancras. On the 13th of June 2019, 43.054 collided with aggregate, which had been washed out uh, from a cutting slope near Corby, Northamptonshire. On the 13th of November 2019, 43.300 collided with an LNER Class 800 Azuma um, at Neville Hill Depot, Leeds. Um... Power car 43160 had two minor incidents which happened at southwestern England, southwest England region. Uh, on the 3rd of April 2016, the power car was involved in what was described as a low-impact collision at Plymouth Railway Station. A local commuter service collided with a Plymouth to London Paddington train at low speed and the power car received damage to its nose and balancing. On the 14th of September 2020, uh, 2017, sorry, around one year and five months after the low-impact collision incident, the power car was severely damaged by a fire in Exeter. There have also been four serious in- incidents, including 43s, Class 43s, three of which have taken place on the Great Western Main Line. These incidents and accidents resulted in three power cars being written off. The Southall, sorry, this is four, four terrible incidents. The Southall rail crash... Uh, on the 19th of September 1997, 43.173 formed a Swansea to London Paddington service which failed to stop at a red signal, which resulted in a high-speed collision with a freight train. The Ladbroke Grove rail crash on the 5th of October 1999, a British rail class 165 unit, 165115, passed a signal set at danger while leaving London Paddington on a Thames train service. This resulted in a serious collision with 43011, 
formed uh, forming a London-bound HST service. The often nervous rail crash uh, on the 6th of November 2004, 43019 forming a London to Plymouth HSD service, collided with the car on the often nervous level crossing, and the impact with the crash resulted in a serious derailment which killed six people aboard the train, uh, including the driver. And the Stonehaven derailment on the 12th of August 2020, a Scottish Scott Rail service struck a landslide near the coastal town of Stonehaven, derailing the train and killing three people. Let's now move into the replacement of the Class 43s. Built between 1975 and 1982, the fleet is now in its 50th decade. Uh, sorry, 5th fifth, fifth decade. Jesus. Um, if it was the 50th decade, that would be one old train. And replacements for the high-speed train are currently being built. This project, um, the Intercity Express programme, has been spearheaded by the Department for Transport. Many have been already replaced on the LNAR London Northeastern mainline um, and soon to, be, soon to be replaced in other areas of the country. A consortium headed by Hitachi has designed and is building the replacement HST power cars. These various formations are being built, both electric and bi-mode um, versions in five or nine carriage length. The initial batch has repla- will replace the HSTs on the Great Western Main Line and East Coast Main Lines. This was written a while ago, so I imagine they, most of them already have been. I think that all have been replaced on the Great Western Main Line, except they still use them when going to, towards Cornwall and things like that, don't they? Um, but I don't think that line's electrified. Mm, but they could still use the bi-mode ones. Um, I actually need to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, On the Great Western franchise, the last of its full-length HSTs was withdrawn in June 2019. Between 12 and 20 HST sets were originally to be retained and refurbished to carry on providing services between London, Devon and Cornwall, um, where no electrification was planned, and where the Class 800 engines would not be capable of negotiating the steep gradients along the South Devon banks through to the mid-2020s. a report published in 2011 concluded that the Mark III coaches would remain in service as late as 2035, with some minor rewiring and enhancements required under disability like legislation. However, it was announced in March 2015 that the HSTs would be replaced with Class 802s. Initially, high-speed Bombardier Voyagers um, and Alstom Class 180s, uh, Aldentes, Sorry, Aldelantes <laughs> replaced numerous HSTs, but all locomotives and sets have been brought back into service as a result of increasing demand. Some Great Western sets were cascaded to a Bellio ScotRail to replace the 170 units, whilst uh, others were retained by GWR to operate local services. Grand Central's railways have leased five more 180 units cascaded from the Great Western Railway to replace their HST trains and increase their overall fleet size. This in turn would replace them with the Class 81810 bi-mode units in the early 2020s. Upon being retired, 43002 was preserved by the National Rail Museum in York. It is to be joined by 43302, which is 43 and 43102. Um, preservation wise as we just said the National Rail Museum in York houses uh, 43002 uh, Porterbrook has donated 43048 and 43089 to the 125 group both will move to the group uh, when their lease ends with East Midlands Railway 
Locomotive Services Limited have saved three power cars, 43046 and 43055. Um, oh, and 43083, along with a full set of Mark III coaches for use on exertion trains. And the University of Birmingham has acquired 43056 for uh, use as a research and development vehicle. Model Railways-wise, in 1977, Hornby Railways launched its first of the BR Class 43 HST in 00-gauge. Since then, there have been many more released in all liveries used. So that's it. A brief history of the Class 43. Um, now, I know that this was a rather short episode of Train Talk. I do understand this. Um, but I just thought that this week, you know, not having a guest on maybe would be the best option. Um, it may seem just a little bit inappropriate to not be talking about something to do with this subject of the crash. So once again, hard goes out to all of you that were involved in this crash and that, or even just those that feel any sort of upset because i'm sure we all do um but yes it's a shame that this has had to happen um but unfortunately these rail these rail disasters do occur and they they help us they help us find ways of dealing with them um, and stopping future things from happening i can only say that it's in a sense lucky that you know that it wasn't a full full schedule where there would have been more passengers going you know the coronavirus has stopped so many people traveling by railway uh by tra- by train right now so that that's that's one minorly positive side to the story but um yes it's a sad story and, uh, and unfortunately we had to relay that to you this week if you didn't know about it um anyway thank you very much for listening to this episode of train talk though we'll be back next week with a brilliant guest and we hope you enjoy your week I've been Joe, and this has been Train Talk. See you next week. Mm-hmm.